like this first one. When it comes to planning the city of Edmonton, where do you see opportunities? That's how we're gonna frame that. Not, not big glaring mistakes or issues, opportunities. What do you think we could do better in some of our areas of the city to plan them out for a vision for a long-term Edmonton? Send me a text, 780-496-0063. We're gonna get into it right now with our first guests of the show. Uh, the two of them wrote an article for the Edmonton Journal talking about the debate over 102nd Ave and what it can teach us about city planning. So I've got Urban Development Institute, Edmonton Metro's Director of Metro Strategy and Advocacy, Jason Sivikse is with us, and alongside him, co-writer of that article, law student at the University of Alberta, and a registered professional planner, Stephen Rates. Stephen, Jason, good afternoon. Thank you both so much for being here. Really appreciate your time. You bet, thanks for having us. So I'm, we're going to kind of go question for question here, but if there is something that you want to jump in on, uh, please, by all means. It's a little bit difficult to facilitate two guests on the phone. So <laughs> maybe, uh, Jason, uh, you're first on my list, so I'll go to you first. Can we just provide a little bit of context here? Can you help frame this exact area that we're talking about when we're talking about 102nd Ave in the city? Sure. Um, well, we're really excited to be able to join you today to talk about the op-ed that we wrote. Um, really, we wrote the article to model um, positive civic discourse and demonstrate how we can have a shared vision. And this was a really interesting uh, discussion. We use the word messy in our article because city building and planning the city is messy. There's a lot of emotions involved, passion, research, and evidence. Um, and this was a particular um, five-stretch uh, block within Edmonton where um, the prior plan was to take uh, four car lanes and then transform them into um, um, different paths for different modes of transportation. So an LRT line, uh, a lane for a car, a bicycle lane, a pedestrian lane, and then the existing pedestrian um, sidewalk. So there was uh, a lot of discussion and conversation around potentially removing that one car lane and turning that into um, a pilot for, um, for pedestrians to walk on. What we saw was that there was a lot of heated conversations, a lot of different perspectives on, on the point. Both me and Stephen were on opposite sides of the debate, and we wrote this op-ed to show that, well, we might have different positions and points of view. Um, really, we can come together to move forward. So on the, so if we were to acknowledge each other's assumptions, like for Stephen and, and his group, the Pass for People, you know, one of their big assumptions was that by, by shutting down the one car lane and, and allowing for pedestrians to walk along it, it would actually create a backbone to connect different spaces downtown mm. and to create a car-free space um, that we, something that we don't currently have today. Now, when it comes to this conversation about this area in Edmonton, it's it's been shut down to, to turn it into exactly what it is that you're describing. But there are other discussions about other areas in Edmonton that are still happening and are quite um, quite passionate, I suppose. Uh, we're talking about the, the White Ave redesign that's been that's been put forward to Edmontonians. Uh, they've been able to vote in an online survey about that about that idea, and it's sort of similar to what you're describing. It's sort of eliminating uh, a little bit of uh, availability for a vehicle to drive on on the stretch of, of street and then increase public transit basically make it a more of a pedestrian area Stephen I'm curious when we're having these conversations about about these new ideas how do you think that this fits in with Edmonton now and with the Edmonton that we're trying to build 
Yeah, I think it's really important to acknowledge that like there's a lot of really great parts of Edmonton as is, but there's also pieces of Edmonton that we can really improve upon. And I think one really kind of telling experience that many Edmontonians will have is like they've traveled to another city and they've had a really great urban experience like they've walked along a main street where there's tons of space to party to go to a patio to just enjoy and we don't have a lot of those kinds of spaces in Edmonton we have all the kind of roots for it in the businesses like the local economy the festivals we have those things set out but the actual public realm like the street space sometimes works against it and so White Ave like huge opportunities there huge opportunities to turn a space that gets quite noisy is quite overwhelmed with traffic at times and turn more of that into people oriented space and the white app conversation is easier to have because we're higher up like the pipeline like we're mm-hmm. not as close to like actually implementing it we're setting out everything more strategically in advance but these conversations i mean they get really heated because ultimately it comes down to not only planning and looking at the infrastructure that exists or could exist in these areas but also about our habits as people and cha- and really ultimately changing them. Are, are we ready to do that here in Edmonton? Jason, let's go to you first. That's exactly the reason why we wrote this article was that, you know, this concept that planning the city um, for the future, but it, we also need to think about all the different strategies that need to be employed to get us to that shared destination. So while um, there were different views about whether or not we should go completely car-free or to keep the 102 the way it is, I think what we revealed was that we really want a vibrant downtown that allows uh, and creates more ways to move around. So 102 might not be the, the best case because there isn't the street print retail, there isn't the density that supports it, but that isn't to say that it might not be in the future as, as conditions change. One thing that we really would like to see is a stronger focus on how do we actually uh, create the conditions to to build up a strong downtown that res- that can connect to having a bigger strategy on business attraction uh, looking at destinations and tourism looking at residential development so that all of our big urban ideas those 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 future oriented thoughts actually have a chance of working and and can actually change people's minds i think the worst thing to happen is if we were to run a project and and have it fail and have it be the example of what not to do so there's a lot of um, we, we can't lose sight of the the aspiration but we also need to think about the practicality and, and sort of the current context we're not going to change uh, Edmonton overnight um, and there's going to be a lot of mini steps that get there get us there but I think what we realized through writing this article together and acknowledging that we sometimes agree sometimes disagree sometimes agree to disagree mm-hmm. that we have the end in mind but all of the different pr- approaches that can get us there um, those are the things that we need to compromise and negotiate and and that's going to be an exercise patients. If everyone that disagreed could come together and, and write an op-ed and be productive about it, we'd be in such a good spot. Jason, Stephen, <laughs> in that piece, you wrote that plans and policies not only have to respond to current context, but they should have an eye to the future. And I'm wondering if you think that this current city council has the ability to do that. We've also talked a little bit about White Ave, uh, about the 102nd Ave project and the, the debate that originally sparked this. So I want to talk about some other areas of opportunities that we do have in Edmonton, but we're running out of time right now. So we'll be back in about three minutes. Jason and Stephen going to join me again as Chelsea and Chet continues after this. This is Chelsea on Chad. 6.30 Chad, Edmonton's News. Today's talk. 
Good afternoon. Welcome back to the show. I want to hear from you, Ched Nation, 780-496-0063. Where are some opportunities in Edmonton uh, that we could develop as a city, that we could maybe change things around in order to be a little bit more progressive? Uh, we're talking about uh, what the 102nd Ave debate, we'll call it that, can teach us about city building uh, with Jason uh, Savaxe and Stephen Reitz. Jason, I feel like I might have just butchered your name from the first time that I said it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you both for, for sticking around. Uh, Jason, you're uh, at the Urban Development Institute, Edmonton's Metro Director of Metro Strategy and Advocacy. Stephen's a law student at the University of Alberta, registered professional planner. Now, you both came together and wrote this op-ed for the Edmonton Journal talking about what we can learn about city planning. And in in one of the uh, in in one of the points that you make, you write that plans and policies not only have to respond to current current context, but they should have an eye to the future. Not exactly an easy thing to do. Jason, I'm curious. Do you think that our current city council and mayor have the vision to strike that perfect balance? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to take a step back and and really highlight that sometimes it's not always just about council or city administration. I think what 102 Avenue really highlighted was that there's a lot of other stakeholders who can lead and can bring ideas forward. There was such a heightened community consciousness, curiosity and questions around 102 Avenue um, and people are engaged. And so while um, we do have a very um, um, imaginative council and those who, and they're really committed to building the city, I think what I I got from this was that there are others who built the city and who can lead and who can have ideas and so how do we direct that passion that energy towards working with one another and in sort of locating common goals and I think that through all of that debate all that discussion all that passion fervor and energy what we really realized is that we have a big question and that's how do we create safe accessible spaces that serve everyone in our core and so uh, yeah so my, my answer would be that there's all this uh, there's everyone sort of I would side of council who are willing and able and ready to be part of the solution and so we're really excited about um, that prospect. Jason are there other areas in the city or even downtown that you think should be paid attention to what about some other opportunities other people mentioning what about 103rd Ave and paying attention to their other corridors in, in our downtown where do you think we need to focus on? Yeah, this has been like a, a big conversation online uh, about choosing one location over the other. I think um, that was something that was perhaps a, maybe a pitfall of the conversation is that we are sort of cherry picking one location over the other. I think where we really need to take a step back is looking at how do we pedestrianize the entire downtown? Um, and that's like some type of strategy that involves engagement with groups like Paths for People, UDI, businesses, community members, uh, looking at those linkages so it's not just one particular part of the system and you know you think about your body and when and when you you need surgery or some type of uh, health care you're thinking about how your whole all the organs sort of work together and so for this perhaps um, what we need to be looking at is just a larger pedestrianization strategy for the downtown uh, and we're eager um, to start those conversations is there Jason is there anywhere in Edmonton that you feel has has done that has been able to to pedestrianize an area and do it well 
That's a great question. You know, I, I worked for downtown business improvement zones across uh, in, in Winnipeg. That's where I'm from. Uh, and there's actually research that shows that seldomly pedestrian malls actually work. 11% of them often work. And the ones that actually do work are the ones that have street front retail and a strong presence of uh, residents and local visitors and tourism. Um, so certainly there are places within Edmonton that have those critical ingredients. I know that Stephen talked about White Avenue being a strong contender. Um, there's other locations like that. And so it might be looking at taking stock at some of those attributes and trying to think about how we might leverage them further. I, I think that, you know, because we we live in this city, we all feel like we have a certain sense of ownership over it and we all have the, we all have grand ideas about what certain areas should look like it should be uh, but Stephen, can you speak as someone who is a registered professional planner can you can you speak to you know really what goes into planning a city and really looking at it right now and then looking at it long term because it, it's got to be a lot more nuanced and a lot more layered and complicated than many of us would like to imagine yeah, certainly. Plan uh, being a planner is a really uh, interesting spot to be in because you are kind of that key person that collates all the feedback. You bring together all the different perspectives and then you're providing a recommendation on the future of like how we use land or how we use transportation systems. Um, and so it's a really interesting um, kind of position to be in. And um, I think there's different paces that we can move at to uh, like, uh, you know, some planners might have like myself, I would probably characterize myself as a more activist planner and let's find some of these uh, you know low cost and high impact projects that we can implement quickly work from and then continue working forwards while some other planners might be a little bit more long term and try to um, you know work towards that longer term goal uh, through larger scale investments that take more time to create um, and so ultimately I don't think there's one right answer on how to properly plan but there is uh, good solutions that are derived when different perspectives come together understand the deficiencies of each other's perspectives and then try to come towards that common solution that can maybe be a bit of a compromise in some way. Do you think there's also trying to, to cater to a bit of a generation gap there? I mean, you're talking about being an activist planner versus maybe a long-term planner. Do you think that it's it's also really difficult to sort of meet people that might come from completely different schools of thought because generally, generationally, they're very separated? Yeah, I would say it, it does make sense to kind of see the divide there, um, but also when we think about planning for the long term we got to remind ourselves like who are we planning for like who experiences the end result of that city and who are we really trying to retain I think we've you know there's kind of been this consistent uh, tone of uh, concerns around brain drain and that kind of thing in the last couple of years and so we know that younger people gravitate towards urban centers and so how do we build those urban centers those urban places that are fun to be in feel safe and work for everybody at the end of the day uh, and so that's why personally I'd want to advocate for more of that view but I also understand that we do have to at least be able to communicate and help people other people who have different perspectives understand why we would want to push for more radical change one last question and it's for you Jason what do you think that the this heated debate over this area 102nd Ave and and other areas in Edmonton what do you think that says about us as Edmontonians you know, um, I 
can speak from my own lived experience. I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba, where, you know, urban issues aren't actually talked about. You know, there's it's often uh, left to council or to the developers or those who are applying. And what I see in Edmonton is a really engaged citizenry. There's many stakeholders who volunteer their time, their perspective, who are courageous enough to share their points of view, uh, to come out to council. I always think it's really fun and nerdy that there's so many people that come out to public <laughs> hearing on, on issues like uh, a block of, uh, of streets, right? And so what we really need to do moving forward is continue to, to show that leadership, that everybody has a, an opportunity to participate, but do in a way that's respectful, that sort of acknowledges, as Stephen mentioned, that we all have different ideas and perspectives, that um, we, we also see issues differently based on our biases and sort of our own lived experiences, uh, and being uh, cognizant of that. And that, and that sort of leads to what options are on the table. So the more that we can be candid, vulnerable with each other about those different um, ways in which we view the city and its solutions, uh, the better that Edmonton will be. Thank you both so much for making the time. I, I really appreciate your perspectives this afternoon. Yeah, thank you so much. Of course. Take care, guys. That's uh, Jason Savaxe, who is an urban development at the Urban Development Institute, excuse me, Edmonton's Metro Director of Metro Strategy and Advocacy, and Stephen Reitz, who's a law student at the University of Alberta and a registered professional planner. The two of them wrote an article for the Edmonton Journal uh, talking about the debate over 102nd Ave and what it can teach us.